there's a little mountain church in my thoughts of yesterday where friends and family gathered for the lord there an old-fashioned preacher taught the straight and narrow way for what few coins a congregation could afford dressed in all our sunday best we sat on pews of solid oak i remember how our voices filled the air how mama sounded like an angel on those choir come up. Sister Pauline's here to play a little bit while we come up. So y'all choir, come on. hymn book to number 196 196 you know Levi went off and left his picks at home he blamed his sister though she packed his banjo case and he was supposed to do that little part in the middle and he had no pick you know you can't play a banjo without a pick <laughs> number 196 I'm bound for the kingdom let's all stand while we sing we want everybody to sing out praise the Lord today you may ask me
got something to live for, don't we? Amen. It's even worth dying for. Amen. All right, let's go, Lord, in prayer. God, we thank you so much for the day. And, Lord, we thank you for each and every one that's uh, gathered out to this place today to uplift the name of Jesus Christ in our service today in song and in praise. And, Lord, we uh, thank you for all the guests that are here. Thank you for grandparents. And, Lord, thank you for the heritage that they've left for for us. And, Lord, we just pray that you'd help us. And, Lord, we need to be uh, carrying on that heritage, uh, you know, and living for you and studying your word. And, Lord, we just honoring your word. And, Lord, we thank you for a church where we can do that. And, Lord, we pray that you'd uh, bless in everything that's done in this service today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. You may be seated. And let's turn to number 44. Number 44. When we all get to heaven. Amen. Sunday though, you know. Number 310, My God is Real. There are some things I may not know. There are some places I can go. But I am sure of this one thing. That God is real for I can feel Him deep within. My God is real. Oh, 
here. I cannot tell just how you felt when Jesus took your sins away. But since the to see each of you today. It's like we got a good number out. That's always a blessing. God is blessing our church. Let's ask our ushers to come on up if you would. All of our ushers come up. We've had several continue to keep coming in too. That's what I like. Keep on coming in. Well, um, it is Grandparents Day, by the way. And so we'll talk more about that in just a moment. Just a moment. But we're glad. If you're a grandparent, we're thankful for you. And, uh, all of my grandparents are gone. They've all gone to heaven. As far as I know, all of them have had trusted Christ as their Savior and made a profession of that, and I'm thankful I know where they're at today. But anyway, it's still a wonderful day to celebrate and good memories that we've had. There is food over there like you would not believe. Where's Perry Manus at? Okay, just making sure. <laughs> he told me he's going to stand over there and guard the desserts so while we were having service, but I, yeah. I told him I was going to move that one big tray into my office. He told me he'd guard it in there, too. <laughs> I'm afraid of him guarding anything like that. <laughs> I'm afraid he'd do what I would do. So <laughs> we're glad you're here this morning. Let's all bow together, and we'll have a word of prayer. We'll take up the morning offering. Brother Bruce, lead us in prayer. Amen. Amen. You can be seated.
right. Daniel, some of you boys go get that stuff if you would. Recruit you a little help here. We'd like to have all of our grandparents stand today. If you're a grandparent, would you please stand? How about that? I'm only standing because I'm announcing, okay? <laughs> Let's make that really plain here. How about that? What a blessing. We've got a lot, a lot of folks here. Now, we've got something for you. We, we think it's great to have grandparents. We're thankful for grandparents. and all, My grandparents played an important role in my life. And, uh, we, of course, we miss them and enjoyed them through all the years. But anyway, they're gone now. But I'm thankful I get to see them again someday. But anyway, we're thankful for each of you. And we've got to bring me one of those. I'm not going to keep it, but I just... No, I'm not a grandparent, so this, let's see here. This can be a little. What is this, Elizabeth? Come tell about it. Huh? What it is is it's a thing to hold your credit cards and stuff in when you're buying your grandkids stuff, you don't. One guy said, well, I don't believe in Santa Claus. And he said, well, I do. He said, I'm him. He said, y'all save my credit card bill after Christmas. <laughs> Anyway, uh, this here is a, it's a little thing, and, and it's one of those security things where they can't, people can't scan it. You know, you go to different places now, and people are trying to scan your information, all that kind of stuff. Well, this will block it. You can put credit cards, cash, or whatever else in it, and it has our church name on it. But anyway, we just got each of you one of those, and we just hope you like it. If you don't like it, give it away. So, <laughs> but we appreciate our grandparents today. So stay standing until you get one of those. Stay standing. I bet if we could get one more person to grab a handful to help him in the middle here, it'd be good. There we go. There's another grandparent coming in. Bill, he's a grandparent. We ought to have a son-in-law day, hadn't we, Bill? get one up there. Now, if you're able to stay today, we've got a big fellowship with food, lots of food, and we've got something set up where you can get family pictures made, no charge, you can get family pictures made with your grandparents, grandchildren. If you don't have your grandparents here and you'd still like to get your pictures made, you can do that, that'd be fine, and so just keep that in mind. We're thankful that you're here today, very thankful for that. They've about got them. Amen. Let's give our grandparents a applause today. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've got more to say about y'all before this is over. I guess you heard about that one grandpa, and his name was Henry, and he went out driving. And, you know, you get a little older, sometimes your driving habits change. And anyway, his wife was watching the news, and she's watching the news. She saw that there was a vehicle going the wrong way on the interstate. Well, he was on the interstate. Of course, she was worried about him like she always was. And she called him up. And she said, Henry, she said, you be careful out there. She said, there's a truck going the wrong way on the interstate. He said, shucks, honey, there's hundreds of them. <laughs> he was the one. Yeah.
the angry crowd cried out to crucify. They nailed him to a rugged cross and left him there to die. They gambled for the royal robe he wore, not knowing they had crucified my Lord, who bore the sin and shame for all mankind. And as he hung there dying, I was on his mind. His sacrifice and love some don't appreciate. But I would like to speak and set the record straight. That's my God, and I love Him. That's my Jesus, He died for me. For all the world to hear, I'll say it loud and clear. That's my God. That's my God. Some say he's nothing more than a fairy tale. He's just a myth or legend. His presence is not real. His word is not correct politically. They cursed and mocked his name defiantly. Oh, but time never changed the changeless one. Their lies cannot disprove the existence of God's Son. Though some may be content to just sit by. Psalms 40 this morning. That's my God. I like that. Psalms 40. It is Grandparents Day, and I heard about one grandfather, and he got a little overweight and high blood pressure, and cholesterol got high, like all that. And <laughs> Dwayne said, "Don't about me." 
Anyway, he went to the doctor and he said, you know, he said, I'm not feeling as well as I used to. He said, my cholesterol, you said, is high after you ran the test. My blood pressure is a little high. And he said, I'm gaining a little weight. And he said, what do you think I ought to do about it? The doctor said, well, he said, if you'll just be careful about what you eat. He said, when you fix your plate, make sure it's got bright colors on it. He said, you want some red, yellow, he said, green. He said, if you'll do that and keep it balanced like that, you'll be fine. The man said, well, that's a good idea. He went home that night, fixed him a big bowl of M&M's. He said he felt better immediately. <laughs> M&M's do help. <laughs> and I like those peanut butter M&M's. Man, that's really good. i got to stay away from those. One guy said, he said, you know you're getting old when you're sitting in a rocker and you can't get it started. <laughs> He said, you know, you're getting old when you, can't, uh, when you no longer buy green bananas. <laughs> Just in case. He said, you know, you're getting old when you lean over to pick something up off the floor and you ask yourself, is there anything else you need to get while you're down there? <laughs> That's getting old, isn't it? He said, you know, you're getting old when work is a lot less fun and fun is a lot more work. <laughs> Truth. He said, you know, you're getting old when you're Caution to slow down by your doctor instead of by the police. <laughs> it's getting old right there. So anyway, you got to be careful there as uh, time goes by. I heard about one uh, older couple, and anyway, they were hosting another couple over for dinner one night, and as they came over, they were sitting there, and the, the two ladies, they were really good friends, and they were in the kitchen doing something, and uh, the two older men, they were sitting there, and they were grand, all grandparents, you know, and uh, the one said the other one, he said, I heard you went to some memory clinic somewhere. He said, oh yeah. He said, he said well, how was it? He said, it was wonderful. And he said, well, he said, uh, does it really help you remember things? He said, oh yeah. He said, what they do is they, they give you things to associate other things with so you can remember words. And he said, well, I need to do that. He said, what's the name of that clinic anyway? He said, huh. Man, he just had a blank look on his face. I mean, he was in trouble. And he said, uh, you know that flower that's long? And he said, it's real pretty, and a lot of times it's red. And he said, it's got, it's got you know, thorns all over it. He said, you mean a rose? He said, that's it. He said, rose? He said, what's the name of that clinic we went to? <laughs> so anyway, that's how we get sometimes. <laughs> Psalms 40. Psalms 40. We're just having a little fun at your grandparents' expense today. <laughs> Psalms 40. We've got to have fun about something. If you watched the Razorbacks last night, that was depressing. So, ASU, we knew what was going to happen with them. You go to Alabama. My banker flew to Alabama last night. He's got a plane. said he's flying to Alabama. I said, my goodness. I said, I said, you lose a bet or something? I said, wait till something else happens. All right, Psalms 40. Psalms 40 and verse number 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and trust in the Lord. This is a great passage within the Scriptures, and this is known as a messianic song. Messianic meaning that it refers to the Messiah. One of the greatest things about the Old Testament is most of the Old Testament is pointing to the New Testament. And if you read the New Testament, it unlocks the Old Testament because the Old Testament is about Christ. We were studying in Sunday school in the Gospel of Mark and it said he appeared after his resurrection to two of his disciples. And of course, they didn't know who he was, but he told them who he was. And after he told them, he gave them a Bible lesson of the Old Testament, the things that were concerning him. And the Bible says that they began to speak, and they said, Did not our hearts burn within us as he spake to us? And anyway, he had unlocked the Old Testament scriptures for those two men that he had met that day. And I thought, you know, that's what the Old Testament is. The, old, the entire Old Testament is pointing to the cross at Calvary. And it's pointing to our Savior. And many of the Psalms are speaking of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this one is no different here. And when I look at this one, I want to read it one more time, the first three verses. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. 
He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. I think about that miry clay, that's kind of like mud. And I remember one time I was working, and my dad had a business, and we were working, and, and uh, he gave me a shovel and put it in my hands and let me get, gave me a job when I was a teenager. And man, we were out in the middle of nowhere, and it was swampy conditions, and and, and it was muddy, and I mean, we, I had on work boots, but the mud got up higher than the work boots, and it was above the knee, and I was digging out, because there's utilities down there, and you had to have a shovel, but you had to be really careful, because you didn't want to cut a utility, because then you're in big trouble, and I was digging that out, and digging it out, and finally got it out where the utility was, but here's my legs, and I went to get up, and when I did, I couldn't get out, my legs were stuck in that muddy mire, is what it was, how many of y'all ever had anything like that happen? That's right, yeah, that's good. And every boy ought to have to go through that sometime or another. It's good for you. Well, anyway, Doy's probably had it a bunch of times. <laughs> but anyway, boy, I got there, and you said, I started to get out, and man, my hip started coming out of joint. You know what I'm talking about? I said, uh-oh, this ain't good. And I had on slip-on boots, and I just slipped right out of the boots and got right out of the And then I got the shovel and had to dig my boots out, you know. And I thought, my goodness, if I didn't get some help, if I wouldn't have had that shovel and stuff there, if I hadn't had on slip-on boots, man, I would have never got out of this mess. I would have been there until somebody forgot where I, something. I don't know what would have happened, but thank God it was that way. But I want you to know I'm thankful that I've got somebody that came when I was in the miry clay, when I was down in the mud and couldn't get myself out. Somebody came for me. And notice he said in verse 3, and he put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. This morning, for uh, the help of the Lord, I'd like to preach for just a little bit on a simple message. It's very simple. And I heard this title one time years ago, and I don't know exactly how that message went, but I like the title. And the title was simply, From the Mire to the Choir. And that's what you are. If the Lord saved you and He's helped you here today, you might have started out in the mire, but from the mire... To the choir is what I'd like to preach on for a few minutes. Let's bow together for prayer. Father, we come to you thanking you again for the many blessings you've given us today. And Lord, we just pray for your blessings now upon this preaching time. And I pray you'd give me the words to say and help me preach what uh, you've laid on my heart. And Lord, I, have, I pray that you'd also help me remember the things in which I've studied. And Lord, I pray today that it might be a blessing to somebody here. And then, Father, if there's someone here that's never trusted Christ as their Savior, I pray they'd be saved before it's everlasting too late. Thank you for sending us a wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, that came into this world and died on the cross for our sins. Lord, may you bless us now. May you help us live the Christian lifestyle that you would have for us to live. And may we do the things that would be pleasing to you. Thank you for each person that's here. Thank you for each grandparent. And we're, we're grateful for them. And may you bless us now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For a few minutes, we'll talk about from the mire to the choir. Very simple message today. And again, I'd like for you to notice in verse number 2, he says, He brought me up also out of an horrible pit. He brought me up also out of, the, out of an horrible pit. I'd like to say this morning about that. I'd like to say from the mire to the choir, He brought me up out of an horrible pit. I'm thankful for that this morning. And not only did He bring me up, but He brought me out, the Scripture says. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, as I was reading my Bible, I read through there, and the Lord spoke to Israel one time. And He said He brought them out that He might bring them in. Not only did He just bring you out, but He brought you out that He might bring you in. He didn't just bring us out and leave us somewhere. He brought us out to bring us in. And I'm thankful that I've got a Savior that loves me enough to bring me in. You say, where's He going to bring you? Well, one thing, He brought me in the fold, the family of God. That's a good place to be. The greatest family there is on earth is the family of God. And we ought to be thankful if you're part of that this morning. That's a good place to be part of it. You want to talk about a family reunion? We have one every Sunday. And we enjoy the family of God and being part of God's family and being around God's people. It's a blessing to be part of God's people. And thank God He brought us out. But not only that, He's going to bring us in something else someday. And when I say He's going to bring us in, one day He's going to take us to a home in heaven. And it's going to be a good place, a beautiful place. And this morning, I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't believe in heaven, I feel sorry for you. I had a guy yesterday, we went out knocking on doors, inviting people to church yesterday, and I think we had maybe 35, 40 go out, something like that, and that was good, and the Lord blessed that, and we got to meet new people, and some people were home, and some weren't home, and I came to one guy's house, and, and you could tell he probably was not a Christian, I don't know that he was, but I mean, just, I could probably kind of tell that, he just 
didn't seem like he was a Christian and wasn't really receiving that well. He was not mean or ugly. And I began to talk to him, and, and I gave him one of our cards. And I said, do you have a church home? And he said, no. He said, I don't. I said, have you ever been to church? And he said, no, I haven't. I was right. I got that one right. Sometimes you'd be surprised. You don't always know. You always have to ask. And I said, well, I said, on the back of this card, it'll tell you how to go to heaven. And I said, it'll tell you exactly how you can trust Christ as your Savior. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, do you believe in God? He said, I don't know. And I said, well, let me tell you something. I said, you ought to come to church and try to find out about it. I said, if you don't know, at least come. I said, you owe yourself that. You at least owe yourself to investigate it and to find out if God's real. But I can cut to the chase. I can tell you right now, God is real. He was a friendly young man. I'm not talking bad about the guy. He really was. He's a friendly young man. I liked him as I talked to him. He's very nice and polite. And I hope he comes someday. And I don't see him anywhere, but if you're here, thank God you're here. (laughs) That'd be good. And we care about you and we love you. But more importantly, God loves you. And God will always reveal Himself to people and He'll show Himself to people. And I want you to know that we've got a place in heaven. We've got a home in heaven. Something to look forward to someday. And heaven is a real place for real people. One time I was watching television and there was a, on television there was a, a, this lady and she was sitting Indian style. That's, why we, that's how we called it when I was a kid. But anyway, we were sitting in, they were sitting Indian style. And she's telling the people, she said, now, just stare at the wall. And she said, you can stare at that wall. And she says, just meditate. And I mean, they were sitting there for a long period of time. And I thought, my goodness, if I'd been sitting that way, they'd had to get the jaws of life to get me out of that. I mean, that looked like a figure four leg lock as far as I'm concerned. I can't sit that way anymore. But anyway, man, they were sitting that way. And, and boy, they were looking at the walls and staring at that and just kind of humming. And she said, eventually, you'll get to a place where heaven will be a state of mind. And you'll reach heaven inside your mind. Well, let me tell you something, friends. Heaven's not a state of mind. Heaven is a real place, according to the Bible. The Lord Jesus Christ said, let not your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God... God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. According to the Lord, heaven is real. And I want you to know I believe in heaven today too. Not only did He bring us out, but one day He'll bring us in. And we've got a bright future ahead of us because of our Savior. But in order to bring me out, he had to come down and get me. You know, when I think about that, I think about here I was in that pit, and I could not get myself out. Just like that day I was in the mud when I was about 17 years old between, out, between Judd Sonia and Kensett, Arkansas. I could take you just about to the place. I haven't been there in a long time. But I could get right back there. And I remember that day very clearly. And I remember being in that situation. I was the only one standing there. Everybody else had gone somewhere else. And man, I was a little bit worried. And I thought, how am I going to get out of the mess that I'm in? And that's how you are when you're a lost person. When you're a lost person, you're down in a horrible pit. But I'm thankful that I had a Savior. He didn't just reach down and grab me and pull me out. But the Bible says He came down and got in the pit with me. And He helped me. See, that's what God will do. He that knew no sin became sin for me, the Scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. What that means is He took my sin. He never sinned a day in His life. But He took my sin and it was placed on Him and He took the sins of the whole world on the cross at Calvary to die for us so that we could be saved. God is holy and we're not holy. The Bible says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says none of our all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. There's nobody perfect in here. You say, well, quit judging me. I'm judging me too. We're all in the same boat. There's nobody here better than you. And don't you think we're trying to say that except for one person? And that's God. He's the only one that's better. And thank God He came down. His Son came down and died on the cross at Calvary in order for us to be saved. See, in order for me to get out of the pit, He didn't just send somebody or reach down and grab me. He came down into the pit with me. I'm not saying He sinned. He never did sin. But He came down and He took my place in the pit so that I could come out. I'm thankful for a Savior like that. I heard one time about there were two men and they they were good buddies and they were out on a boat and it was a very expensive boat and it had a cabin and stuff in it. And anyway... One of, the boy, one of the men had a son, and the son was with them. It was just the three of them. They got way out in the, in the bay there and too far out, really. And there came a big storm, and their boat capsized. It turned over. And the Coast Guard and police and all kinds of people came out there. 
and rescued them. And the two men were swimming. They, got, they escaped and, and they had to pull the boat in upside down. And they were such a panic when they got to the shore. The boat was still there in the water. And they got the two men out. And the one man said, my son, my son, where's my son? Somebody's got to get my son. Where is he at? I mean, he just went crazy like anybody, any parent would do. And a policeman was standing there. And a policeman took off his coat. It was a cold day. And he took off his vest. And he took his gun holster off. And he kicked his shoes off or boots off, whatever he's wearing. And he dove down into that water. And he dove in there and he went up under that boat that had been turned upside down. And he went into that cabin. And in that cabin, there was that boy. And he found an air pocket and he was still alive. And he grabbed that boy and he pulled him back out and he brought him out and he, and he, and he got out and he, he handed him to another policeman as he's drying off and that policeman took him to his daddy and his daddy hugged him. And you know what? That policeman became a hero because that policeman risked his life to save that boy's life and he brought that boy back to the father. Oh, I want you to know I've got a Savior that came down and gave his life for my life and he gave me back to the father and he ought to be recognized and he ought to be praised and he ought to be glorified for what he's done that's exactly what he did for me and you i think about too not only that he goes he's down in that pit of the trials you might have trials in your life he'll go down in with you of that one time there was a grandpa speaking of grandparents state and that grandpa he loved his grandson and and he and the grandmother they were married and, and anyways their grandchild and they kept him every day while the mother was going to college or whatever she's doing. And anyway, they had kept her and the daddy was off working. So they kept the grandchild, which was a great thing. And anyway, they had a playpen there in the living room. And in that playpen, when he would kind of get unruly, so they'd just put him in there and the grandmother would. And she'd give him some toys and she might need to go to the kitchen and cook him something or something like that, fix him something. And she'd go in there. And of course, he'd start crying. And every time he cried, the grandpa, he'd get him out. And boy, he'd hold him and hug him and play with him. And the grandmother said, now listen, you can't just keep getting him out. She said, you're spoiling him. You quit that. And when he's got to learn to be in there and understand that he can be in there for a little while, you don't have to hold him all the time. You're going to spoil him. Well, anyway, she went back into the kitchen. She put that grandson back in the playpen. And man, he began to scream and carry on like he did before. And about that time, he just stopped screaming and carried on. And the grandmother said, that's it. I'm going in there, he's done got him out again. And I'm going in there and I'm telling my husband, I'm giving him a piece of my mind. And this ain't happening. She went in there, he didn't get him out. He'd climbed into the playpen with him. And let me tell you, that's what the Lord does with me and you. He may not always get you out of your trials and troubles, but he'll get in with you like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He went into the fire with them and they were not harmed, the Scripture says. See, that's what the Lord will do for each of us. The Lord always takes care of you no matter what you're going through. Let me say number two. You say, we're just on number two? It won't be too bad, I promise. Of course, the dentist tells me that, and he lies. <laughs> Notice this also in verse two. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And look at this. And set my feet upon a rock. Let me say, when I came from the mire to the choir, he set my feet upon a rock. Uh, you get somebody's feet on a rock, and they're on stable ground. They get on stable ground. You're not going anywhere when you get on the rock. And see, a rock always gives steady footing. And a rock's a good place to keep your feet at. And the reason some of you might be sinking in life today is you don't have your feet in the proper place. You don't have the right foundation underneath you. And what you need is you need your feet upon the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. A rock gives steady footing. I heard about a man one time, and, and he was out in a place, and a great big storm came, and he was out in the elements. And anyway, he knew he had to get refuge, or he was not going to make it. I mean, it was a big storm. And finally, he came up upon this great big rock, and he got on the other side of this rock, and he weathered the storm. As the storm came through, the rock took the blows, and, and he made it through, and he got through, and the storm was over. He wrote a little song called, Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me, Let Me Hide Myself in Thee. Well, let me tell you, there's been some storms in my life, and there's been some storms in your life. And if you want to get through, you can't make it on your own. What you need to do is you need to hide behind the rock. Let the rock take the blow. He can handle it. The rock can get you through, and He can help you make it to the other side. What we need to do is we need to set our feet upon a rock. I like in Deuteronomy, it says our rock is not like their rock. And when it says our rock, it's got a capital R on it, like it's talking about a person. And that is a person. One time the Lord told Peter, He said, Thou art Peter, 
And upon this rock, speaking of himself, he said, I'll build my church. He's the rock, according to the scriptures. And it says, our rock's not like their rock. You say, whose rock? Any other rock. You name any other religion outside of Christianity, they're not like our rock. Their founder, their leader is not like our rock. You say, what are you talking about? My rock is alive. That's different right there. He came up out of the grave on the third day, according to the Scriptures. We're celebrating the resurrection of Christ today. You say, well, I thought we were celebrating Grandparents' Day. We are celebrating Grandparents' Day. But every time we meet together on a Sunday, we're celebrating that we've got a Savior that's not dead, but He's alive. The greatest news the world ever received came from a graveyard when an angel said, He is not here, but is risen. As he said, I'm thankful that I've got a Savior that's alive today, and He's real. Brother Boyce likes to sing number 310 in that blue book, My God is Real. You know, not everybody can sing that if you're not a Christian. But boy, we can sing it today because our God is real. You say, how in the world do you know He's real? I talked to Him this morning. That's one way I know He's real. He lives within my heart. That's how I know He's real. I've got a God that's alive and He's real. He's changed my life. That's how I know He's real. And you know what else? He answers prayers. A dead God couldn't answer prayers. But I've got to go. You say, well, I don't know about all that. You mean you don't believe in praying? Man, I pray every day. He may not always give me the answer that I desire, the answer I want, but He knows better than I do. He gives me the answer that I need. But God can answer prayers. Nobody else can answer prayers. I've seen the Lord do it. Like that lady in the hospital, and the preacher came to see her, and she's an elderly woman, and she said, Preacher, I can't reach my Bible, and it's sitting over there. She said, Would you grab that and read some Scripture to me? It would help me, I think. And she was an elderly widow woman, and he said, I sure would, sister. And he began to open her Bible up, and there was markings all through it, and besides certain verses, there'd be the initials TP. He'd turn some more, and it'd be TP, and more, and it just kept saying TP. And finally he said, Sister, he said, What's all the TPs in here? She said, oh, she said, that just stands for tried and proven. And she said, those are the verses that God has uh, tried him and he's proven that he'd follow through. Well, let me tell you, he's been tried and he's been proven. He can take care of you. See, our rock's not like their rock. You say, why? Because he can answer prayers. You say, why is your rock not like their rock? Because my rock loves me and he loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you die and don't go to heaven, it's your own fault. You've got a Savior that loves you. He cares about you. He doesn't care what your background is. He doesn't care what color of skin you have. He doesn't care what church you grew up in. He loves you. And He cares about you. And He wants to save you. And He wants to be your Savior. That's our God. We've got a wonderful God. And you know something else? My rock's not like their rock because my rock is coming again. I'm looking for Him to come. I believe He could come. I believe He could come at any time. I believe He could come today. You say, well, I don't think He will. Keep thinking that. The Bible says in an hour that you think not, that's when He's coming. Man, do you realize that the Lord came back right now? If you're a Christian, every problem you have would be taken care of. Every problem you have would be over if the Lord came back right now. See, he set my feet upon a rock. Let me say thirdly and quickly. Notice at the end of verse number 2, and established my goings. He established my goings. You say, what does that mean? He gave me my purpose in life. From the mire to the choir, he gave me my purpose in life. Elizabeth and I were talking the other day, and we were not talking derogatory, and we were talking about this whatsoever. But I just said this, you know, there's probably 30 or 40 churches with a real close area. And I don't know everything about every church around here. But this could be the same thing in any town. It's not just this town, just any town. We were just talking in general. And I said, I wonder how many preachers could say they were truly called here. I think sometimes you go to some towns and they grew up in that town. That's why they're there. Sometimes they had a job in that town or went to college in that town. Maybe that's why they're there. I'm not saying it is or not. But I can tell you right now, I didn't ever plan on coming here. <laughs> I got called here by the Lord Himself. He spoke to my heart and dealt with me. I'm here on purpose. But I'm here because the Lord called me nearly 18 years ago. It's hard to believe from that time. And what I'm trying to say is, I'm not talking about, about anybody else, but I'm thinking, you know what? God moved us here. And He brought us here. And He brought us for a purpose. And Brother Luke and I were talking yesterday. We were in here uh, for just a minute taking care of a couple things in here. 
and we was walking through, and, and anyway, we was getting airs turned on and different things, and, and we got talking, and Brother Luke, of course, is a deacon. He's been here a long time, and he was here before I came, and we had about 30 people when I came. And I thought, wouldn't that have blown people's minds if we said, you know what, this building we're in, we're going to tear it down, and we're going to build a great big building, biggest church building in this county. We're going to build it. And people had said, you are out of your mind. I would have said I was out of my mind because I didn't know it either. <laughs> but you know what I do know? God brought me here for a reason and God brought you here for a reason. He established our goings and He's made a difference in our life. He gave you a purpose in life. And your purpose is more than just playing sports, which I'm highly for, by the way. And it's more than just going to college. I'm for that. It's more than getting a good job. I'm for that too. I'm saying God has a purpose for everybody in life. And whatever it is, you need to find your road in life. You need to find what God might have for you. And God has done a great work. He's done more than we could ever even think. The Bible says He can do more, exceedingly more than you could ever ask or think. That's what God's done with this church right here. He's done great things and there's no doubt about it. And He'll give you a purpose in life. He'll give you a reason to live. I heard about a man one time, he told the, went to the doctor and he said, Doctor, he said, I'm 80 and I'm in good health. He said, do you think I'll live to be 100? The doctor said, well, he said... Uh, you do things with your friends very often? He said, nope. He said, you go out at night? He said, nope, stay in at night. He said, well, he said, you eat ribeye steaks and barbecue ribs and all that kind of food and stuff? He said, nope, don't touch any of it. I'm very careful about what I eat. He said, well, he said, do you go out in the sun or go to the beach, play golf and play tennis or something like that or anything like that? He said, nope, don't do any of those things. Stay home all the time. The doctor looked at him and he said, why would you want to live to be a hundred? <laughs> They'll never do nothing. I mean, why in the world do you want to live to be a hundred? Like <laughs> truth in that. <laughs> let me just say, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he's established my goings. Let me say lastly this morning, lastly, let me say in verse number three, and he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. When we came from the mire to the choir, let me say this morning, he gave us a song. He gave you a song. I don't sing in the choir, but I'm in the choir. You say, what in the world are you talking about? What I'm talking about is I've got a song in my heart. I might not be a good singer. Matter of fact, I'm a terrible singer. I'm a baritone singer. I set the tone, you've got to bear it. You know? I mean, that's how it goes. You know? One guy said he, he would sing songs, but he said he had throat trouble. Every time he talked about singing something, somebody threatened to cut it. So anyway, that's the kind of shape I'm in. Anyway, I'm not a good singer, but I've got a song in my heart. I'm talking about joy that the Lord gives you when you trust Christ as your Savior. It's a new song. One man said he tuned us up is what he did. He did exactly that. He gave you a tune-up like you would an instrument and gave us a, made us members of the choir, the heavenly choir. I heard one time there's a great conductor, and he had an orchestra, and people came from miles and miles to hear this orchestra. And there was one man in the orchestra, and he played the piccolo. And he got tired of playing. They were into several different songs. And finally they got to this one song. And the piccolo player said, nobody will ever know it. But I'm going to take this song off and just kind of pretend. Just pretend I'm playing. But I'm not going to. I'm just tired. And boy, it came out and it sounded beautiful. And everybody stood up and gave them applause and standing ovation. Except for the conductor. And the conductor said, where's my piccolo at? What happened to the piccolo? Why is the piccolo not playing? And he knew it when nobody else did. I wonder if the great conductor in heaven, God, looks down here today and looks at some of you and says, where's my singer at? I put a song in his heart and in her heart. Why aren't they singing for me like they used to? I got a preacher friend and I visited here recently and, I, and he had a young guy that had been on drugs and I mean... The Lord saved him and got him out of that stuff. What a blessing that was. And the Lord called him to preach. And he surrendered to the ministry. And he got in church. And man, every time he was there, he was on the front row. Hey man, that's right. Hallelujah. And I said, how's old so-and-so doing? And the preacher said, well, he's there, but he's lost his shout. You know, that happens to a lot of folks. You lose the song that's in your heart. What you need is you need to rekindle the fire and get things back going sometimes. When God saves you, He puts a song in your heart. Grandparents, you ought to be an example to these grandchildren. 
You ought to be in church every time the door is open. They ought to be able to see you serving God, doing right, praying before you eat, living right, talking right. They ought to be able to see those things in you. See, grandparents are great, great role models for children and grandchildren. He'll put a song in your hearts, what he'll do. I heard one time, I'm about done, I heard one time that there was a preacher, and a preacher that I knew or I knew of, rather, knew this preacher. This is a true story. And as a preacher friend of his, and he said that preacher had a nice teenage boy. He was about 18. And he said he just stood out when you'd see him. I mean, he just had a glow about him, and he lived for the Lord. And the boy had a beautiful, beautiful voice. And he was in great demand in churches and different places. People wanted to sing every time they was around him. And he loved the Lord, and he's respectful to his dad, and People wanted their kids to be like this kid. And anyway, the boy got really, really sick. And they took him to the doctor, and the doctor got the daddy aside, and he said, I'm telling you, I'm not sure he's going to make it. He said if he does make it, he said it will require a very painful and hard surgery. I mean, I'm telling you, it's going to be very, very difficult, a difficult surgery for him to even get through it, and delicate. And he said, Ask him if he'd like to try it. He said, that's his only hope. And the father, the preacher, went to his son. He explained to his son about the surgery and said, you may not live. There's a good chance you won't live. He said, Daddy, he said, I'm willing to try it to live. But he said, I've got one stipulation. He said, I want you to stay with me throughout the surgery and not leave me until it's all over. His daddy said, well, I'll talk to the doctors. I'll... I'll give you that, my word, that's what I'll do. I'm going to talk to the doctors, and if they'll work it out, that's what I'll do. And he said, well, if they don't, I won't have the surgery. He said, okay, son, I promise. He went to the doctor, and the doctor said, we've never done anything like that before, but you know, you're a pastor, and we know you, and he probably won't make it. I'd, we'll let you this one time. And he said, son, they're going to let me. And he said, I'll do it then. They went through the process and went to the hospital and had the surgery. And anyway, his daddy was right there in the room with him. And it did not work, and the boy died on the operating table. His daddy was in tears, and they sent the coroner in the funeral home. And he rolled in the hearse all the way to the funeral home, and took his boy to that funeral home. And the funeral director, knowing the pastor, because he'd done many funerals there before, he said, Preacher, he said, you're tired. He said, go home. He said, we've got it from here. Everything will be fine. He said, no, I can't do that. He said, what do you mean? He said, I made a promise to my son. He said, I promised him I'd stay until it was all over, and it's not over yet. For two days and two nights, that preacher lived in that funeral home and stayed there with that casket of his son, refusing to go home. When they carried him off to the cemetery, the, the preacher acted as one of the pallbearers and helped carry the casket and put it into the hearse and rode to the hearse all the way to the cemetery. He stayed until the last person left and they lowered the casket in the grave. And the preacher stayed until the last mound of dirt covered that grave. And he looked down at that grave and he said, Son, with tears falling down on it, he said, I kept my promise. He said, I stayed with you all the way just like I told you would and I love you. And then he went home. Well, let me tell you, I don't care what you're going through. You've got a God that will stay with you no matter if it's day or night. No matter the situation, you've got a God that cares about you and He'll take you all the way home. And what you ought to do is get you a song in your heart and you ought to serve Him and get back to singing and put a smile on your face and be glad that you're saved. And if you're not saved, what you ought to do is trust Christ as your Savior before it's everlasting too late. Because you've got somebody that loves you more than you love yourself. You say, how do you know that? He died for you. You probably wouldn't have died for him, but he died for you. And he knew every thought you'd ever have. He knew everything you'd ever do. And he loved you and died for you just like he did for me anyway. So you can go from the mire to the choir. Let's stand together quietly and let's all bow together. As the song leader musician comes, we'll prepare for an invitation. As every head's bowed and every eye's closed this morning, you might be here this morning and maybe you've never been saved. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I can tell you the day that I got saved and go back to the place. You may not know what day it was on. You may not know 
the uh, time, but there ought to be a time in your life where you remember trusting the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're here today and you can say, Brother Derek, I've never been saved. You say, well, it's none of your business, preacher. It is my business. It is the business of the man that told me, and it's my business to tell you. God called me to tell people. I've got to do this. It's my job. It's every Christian's job. Maybe you're here this morning, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to call you by name. I won't embarrass you. I give you my word. But if you're here today and you say, Brother Derek, pray for me. I've never been saved. Would you just slip your hand up just so I can see it? That means pray for me. Anywhere in the building, pray for me. Pray for me. Anybody today? Okay, I see that hand. Anybody else today? Pray for me. That's all it means. I'm not coming to where you're at. I won't call you by name. Not going to embarrass you. Thank you. Anybody else today? Pray for me. I know I need to be saved. Let me ask you this morning, maybe there's, and I know there's lost people here, more than has signified today. What you can do is you can trust Christ today before it's too late. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're a saved person, maybe you're a Christian, but maybe you don't have that song in your heart like you used to. How many of you today say, Brother, pray for me that I can get that song back in my heart and get back serving the Lord like I should? How many would you lift your hand and say that? All over the building, I see people's hands. Listen, the Lord loves you. If there's anybody in the world you could ever serve, it'd be Him. He's worthy to be served. And He's worthy to have a song about. Why don't you serve Him? Why don't you just put a smile back on your... I'm not talking about getting up and singing. You know what I mean. That joy that lives within your heart. Why don't you get that thing back? Get it fixed this morning. Whatever might be hindering that. Get it fixed today. And I promise you, He'll help you because He cares about you. Father, we come to you and thank you for the many blessings today. And Lord, I do pray for any that's not trusted Christ as their Savior. I pray they'd come today and be saved before it's everlasting too late. And Lord, I just pray that you might bless them. I pray they wouldn't let anything hinder them or stop them this morning. And Lord, I pray for those that are saved. Lord, I pray that they would come, those that have signified by the uplifting of hand that they need to get their song back like it was. And Lord, I pray that you'd give it to them and help them, Father. May you bless them and revive their spirit, and bring revival to their life. Thank you for all you do for us. Thank you for blessing us today. And we love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. She plays. You can come today. You come. We have an altar.